<laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode, episode 198 of the Millennial Sales Podcast. This is your host, Tom Alemo. They call me Tommy Tahoe around here. Um, welcome back to the show or welcome to the show where we help to uh, help young salespeople on their path uh, to have a better career, more fulfilling, more lucrative, more success, hit your number, uh, get promoted, all of that jazz. Um, I'm here running the show. And, um, you know, real quick before we get into today's Millennial Spotlight, um, I want to just give a quick shout out to uh, wherever you can find more about the show. Um, we're getting close to episode 200, uh, which I'm very excited about. And you can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Millennial Sales. Uh, please give an Apple uh, five-star review if you listen to this. That's really the way that you can help spread this show. I'm also on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube as Tommy Tahoe. Hit me up on LinkedIn, Tom Alemo. I love to hear from listeners, fans of the show, uh, hear what you think about it, what you liked, what you didn't like. I'm always trying to deliver more value. So again, five-star review if you can on Apple. Otherwise, hit me up, uh, share it with your friends. For this week's interview, uh, this week's Millennial Spotlight, I've got my friend Penelope Yamauchi uh, here. She's a partnerships account executive at Vendition, uh, which is an end-to-end -end sales development program uh, that helps onboard, train, and prepare aspiring SDRs for a career in tech sales. Uh, a few weeks ago, I had their CEO, James Nielsen, on the podcast. He is an absolute animal, um, you know, with a great uh, athletic background, a great engineering background, sales background that helped him to, uh, you know, be successful as a CEO as well. So it's a great episode. Uh, but, but Penelope has been, a, you know, one of the best uh, followers, uh, contributors to this show, introducing me to several guests, helping uh, with some shout outs on LinkedIn and social media. Um, and doing a great job uh, at Vendition to you know, help drive some of their partnerships as well. So it's you know, an honor to have her on the show. Um, she's a former collegiate swimmer at Arizona State. So what she really brings is a lot of discipline, intensity, creativity that helps her stand out from her peers. And there's three tips that she gets into. One is about creating LinkedIn content. One is about uh, sending video texts. To prospects and customers, which I thought was a pretty interesting move, kind of a spin on sending videos to prospects and sending texts maybe to clients, a combination of the two. Um, and then the third, creating a business Instagram as an additional touch point uh, with her network and with her customers and prospects as well. So uh, she's got, she even adds more uh, kind of here and there tips throughout the conversation. Uh, you'll see again, super structured, super disciplined. Uh, does a lot of the great things that you know anyone's looking for from an AE to be successful. Uh, definitely check her out on LinkedIn, uh, Penelope Yamauchi. Uh, you can see the spelling of her name in the show notes here if you're questioning that, uh, and hopefully I'm pronouncing it correctly. Uh, but definitely hit her up, have a conversation. Uh, she's you know, always adding value to people in her network, making connections, things like that. So it's someone that you want to follow, someone that you want to connect with. Um, again, if you like the podcast, leave a review on Apple. Without further ado, let me get into my conversation with Penelope Yamauchi. Let's go. All right, Penelope Yamauchi, Partnership AE at Vendition. Welcome to Millennial Sales. How are we doing? Thank you. The legendary Tommy Tahoe. I'm <laughs> thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. 
I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. You have been um, definitely one of the best supporters of the podcast, especially in the last you know, handful of months, introducing me to people. We just had your CEO on the show recently, uh, sharing the show, all of that. So first off, I appreciate um, all of the help and support um, that you've given to the show and uh, people you've introduced me to. So I'm happy to have you on. Thank you so much. You do a wonderful job with your research, asking great questions and getting exceptional storytelling out of all of your guests. So I couldn't be more grateful to be here. Yeah. Well, so let's, let's get into it before we get to, you know, some of your tips. Um, you, you seem to really have just a general uh, focus on high performance and, you know, really just personal development, trying to be your best self-improvement, things like that, which uh, anyone that's a listener of this podcast knows that I love that as well. Um, and so I think that probably started from your days of, of swimming at, at ASU. So I'd love to maybe hear if we could backtrack a little bit and you could talk about what your experience was like in the athletic world before getting into sales. Sure. So in at ASU, I competed in the Pac-10 and two years in the Pac-12 when we added those two other schools. And <laughs> Leading into ASU, I actually missed my Olympic trial qualifying time by a tenth of a second in three events and fortunately was still able to have a ranking that got me a scholarship opportunity to compete. So once I got there, I was recruited by one coach after freshman year ended. We revamped the whole program from a coach who had been a national championship coach at Auburn University. She revamped the entire program and the level of discipline, tenacity, and resilience that was required of us in those consecutive following three years was outstanding and I think defined a lot of the way that I run my day. Um, so much of the discipline of being a swimmer, especially a 400 individual medley swimmer, for those of you listening who don't know swimming as well. That's, yeah, I have no idea what that yeah, means. <laughs> that's, that's four lengths of each stroke consecutively in a race and oftentimes you could be competing against an Olympian if you're competing against Cal or Stanford in the Pac-10 or Pac-12. So with that level of discipline that goes into it, so much of your day is involved with staring at a black line on the bottom of the pool with the hope that your time will improve by just one or two seconds at the end of the year when you have your shave and taper swim meet in hopes of making the national championship. So with that, there's so much of the parallel that ties into sales and the way that you need to run your day Oftentimes when we have daily metrics that we need to achieve throughout the day, we can treat it like a warm-up set, a main set, a recovery, and then setting everything up for the next day just to move that consistency forward. So that definitely instilled this process in me early on, but I have been swimming since I was five years old. And I think a lot of it started just ingrained in me with my type A personality. So I, I've never been a swimmer. I actually stink at swimming. I can't even swim in the ocean barely, but I imagine that what you're describing in the process of becoming a great swimmer really is like focusing on what you can control, right? Because if you think about basketball or soccer or a big team sport, you know, you're passing the ball, you have this small role to play, you know, it's hard to always measure what your impact is against people, but with swimming, it's very, you know, just like running or sprinting or something like that, or, or golf, like your performance is very you know, numbers based and there's no hiding from if you have a good day, if you have a bad day somewhere in between, which is very similar to sales. 
You're absolutely right. When you can see the time clock at the end, when you hit the touchpad and you can see your ranking and the specific time that you went, it could be a personal PR, but if you got second to somebody else you're racing against, it still doesn't feel as great. So being an individual contributor that contributes to a team sport effort and a number of points, you could still feel like it's essentially a win. But like you said, you're in control of the performance that you create both in your practice schedule. And then also when you compete at a high level in those big time swim meets. And the same goes for controlling the day when it starts with that alarm for me that goes off at 4.30 a.m. with the meditation, the, you know, affirmation readings, um, the workout that I like to do where a lot of the creative juices for LinkedIn content comes to fruition. And then mapping out the day, like you've got this strict schedule and accountability and sticking to process. So even when you get towards the end of your month or quarter, your year, and maybe something didn't align, you're looking back at that past performance. What consistency did I have and where did I fall off track where I could have improved greater the next time around? So, so many of the parallels are great. And one thing I want to add is I'm five foot six and most really elite swimmers at that level are a bit, a bit taller. So one thing I would always utilize is this saying from my mom growing up, be the fastest in your lane, be the fastest in your pool, be the fastest in the region, the state, and just keep climbing throughout that. So if you can create a parallel to your SDR or your AE role, or even your manager role to, I'm going to be the best absolutely at this, measure it and just continue climbing that ladder with the consistency, then you'll always end up with a win. I love it. I love it. So walk, walk me through a little bit of the morning routine that you're talking about um, and, and what you do in the morning, how you structure that. Yeah. So some people are challenged with hitting the snooze alarm. That's something I've mastered up until this point. But if you have an alarm go off and you're a snooze hitter, I recommend putting the phone all the way across the room so that you yeah. actually have to get up to turn it off. But mine goes up at 4.30 a.m. I'm working Pacific time hours and I am in Hawaii. So when I want to start the day at 6 a.m. Pacific time, that means getting the workout in beforehand. So backtracking that alarm goes off go get the coffee started, get back to the meditation, which I like to set a timer for, where you just really center yourself and try to process the thoughts that are coming in. I don't know for anyone else or for you, Tom, but when I wake up in the morning, those positive thoughts aren't coming to me right away. So try <laughs> to get in that, that headspace. And then I read through affirmations that speak to finances, spirituality, personal development, and relationships consecutively, whether or not I believe those yet, I hope I can manifest those into opportunities to be more like that. And then also with the Daily Stoic, which is a book that I would highly recommend, Ryan Holiday is the author, and it gives you a one-page reading of inspiration with a quote and an explanation. Each day takes about a minute to read, but then I hit the workout. I usually do a virtual workout that starts live at a specific time, so there's no slacking there and then roll right into the day from there and i found that the days where i get up and work out and i don't want to i never never regret doing that absolutely i love it i love it so let's talk about you have a few great tips that we were talking about before from a sales side and i want to uh spend some more time you know kind of diving into uh deeper there so i think you have three tips i'd love for you to just maybe at a high level talk about what those are and then we'll get into the nitty-gritty Great. So high level three tips that I have for all of you SDRs and AEs out there, let your content on LinkedIn speak for you. And from head to toe, utilize every single piece of real estate on LinkedIn. And with that content, make sure you have it scheduled in your calendar, schedule the consistency, and then drive engagement from your current network. 
Tom, you don't ask me to go like and promote the podcast. I find value on it and I go ahead and do that anyway. But in the beginning, you're going to need some help from your friends. So tip number two, utilize (laughs) video text pre-meeting. This is going to be dependent on which type of profile you're uh, selling to specifically, but I'm selling to other salespeople who enjoy this level of creativity. So sending a video text, hey, looking forward to our meeting today at this time to talk about X, Y, and Z, reiterating that value. And then Mm -hmm. the third and final tip that I have at a high level is to create a business Instagram account that is separate from your personal Instagram account that again, shows a reflection of either your team's culture, what you've got going on, the value that you add so that you can actually start to engage with some of these other leaders on that platform if it pertains to your specific buyer persona. I love it. I love it. So the first one I want to get into is the video text because that just when you when you told me about that, I think you sent me one that you made on TikTok that you sent to someone. Um, I, I thought it was really creative and something that I wanted you know folks to see and, and maybe we get to leverage at the start of this year. So the example you just gave was all right, hey, you know, uh, Penelope, we have a meeting today, really looking forward to meeting, you know, as a reminder, here's what we do, something like that. Is that how you're using it? Do you use it as a follow-up? Do you use it to prospect people? How else are you using a video text to get a hold of people? Yes, there are a number of different ways. Um, For example, if you're holding a meeting that particular day and the person has accepted the invite, they want to see that enthusiasm from you, but their inbox is clogged, their LinkedIn is clogged. So doing a pattern interrupt with a video text, sharing your excitement for the actual meeting and what you're excited to be speaking about that pertains to the reason they actually accepted the invite is very helpful. In the event that let's say you don't have time to do that that day and for some reason your prospect does not show to the meeting, you can hold them accountable because there's a reason they accepted that calendar invite to speak with you about the value prop that you so clearly and eloquently articulated in your outreach to be able to get the meeting booked. The other way that I could see this utilized is if you want an opportunity to, um, if you're an AE and you know that your prospect or your champion internally is driving the conversation with their CFO, their CMO, their CEO, and you know that that conversation is happening at a particular time and day, send a video text right after, hey, hope it went well, sent over all the information you'd ask for that you might need for that to, to drive that conversation, but just wanted to check in here briefly, given that you're probably running into your next call. I've had a lot of meetings and opportunities drive to fruition through the multiple decision makers that we speak to in the sales process because of the timeline that you hold them accountable to, and then you become their teammate. And so are these people that are salespeople like you and I, are they VPs of sales? Where where in the chain of command? Because I feel like someone listening to this might say, all right, I'm a salesperson. I would respond well to that, but maybe a VP of sales at you know high growth company or an enterprise company or something like that. Uh, might not like this approach or might question it. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm genuinely curious where, where you're sending these to. Yeah. So the example that I gave you this week was actually with a director of sales. Oftentimes when you get to the C-suite, it could be a little bit more flexible. Okay. What do I see on their LinkedIn engagement? How have our interactions gone so far? Is there a heightened level of professionalism here where sending a video text might not be the best idea? And then again, as I mentioned before, I am selling to salespeople. I am also selling to heads of diversity and inclusion, heads of talent, um, you know, chief people officers. So you really have to play around with like, Is this the type of profile that's going to appreciate this level of creativity? And is there an opportunity, if it's not, for me to shift my LinkedIn to an actual LinkedIn video as opposed to a text message? Mm. Yeah, see, that's, I think that's 
important to know. And I think it's worth trying out. I mean, to anyone that's out there and, and again, you, everything that we say, you kind of have to tailor to your buyer. So if you're selling to an IT director or a CEO or HR or sales, you might want to do things differently. But the thing that I love about it is that it reminds me of a move that I learned from um, an old boss of mine that when we were meeting people in person back in the day, he would always text the prospect when we were at the office or the restaurant or wherever you're meeting them, say, hey, I'm here. So then afterwards, you were able to comfortably text them after. And from there on, you're on text basis. And I, I don't have any data to show this, but I feel like the clients or prospects that you're on text basis with have to close at an exponentially higher rate than people that you're only emailing with. Sure. I have actually a couple examples of companies I won't name in particular where we've been on text basis based off of that previous track record. And when it comes to moving things to fruition or reviewing an agreement or a big email that came in through their inbox that they need to then run by somebody else, that's usually where the conversation drives. And it can be a little bit more of a casual approach. Yep, working on it. Here's the date. Here's when we have the meeting. So thank you so much for clarifying and also for sharing that awesome example with the previous boss that you had. I love it. I love it. All right. So then the next thing was um, the Instagram, right? So we are, I think it's, it's what coach Penelope on Instagram, shout out and give her a follow. <laughs> how, how, how are you using that to drum up business? Is that more, you're, you're just sharing content like you might on LinkedIn and you know, hoping people engage. Are you following prospects and customers? Are you following certain hashtags? How are you working there? Right. So with the Instagram account, the reason that I initially created that page was when I was a recruiter helping athletes transition into their next professional career was able to develop the thousands in the following. So not as much of my following base is on the prospect side, but you have to think things in reverse engineer it and think about how is my content strategy on LinkedIn reflecting with this current Instagram feed. So if I were to reach out to a sales leader or just get on somebody's radar from one other particular outlet outside of Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, email, and cold call, how could I potentially stand out here? And what I try to accomplish with that page is the same thing that I do with a candidate spotlight series that I created where I showcase Vendition's candidates who are eager to land an opportunity. While I'm not a recruiter, this is exact representation of what we're trying to do here at Vendition. And I want to get those kind of profiles and eyeballs in front of the people that I'm selling to. So within the particular prospects, I'm not necessarily direct messaging them. But if I notice that one of my prospects, which many of them have already been on your podcast, has a particular podcast episode, I'll use the recorded app to go ahead and screen record a particular segment that I liked, share it with my LinkedIn network and also my Instagram network, tag that person in particular, give them a shout out and say thanks. So that way, when I do give them that cold call, write the email or write the LinkedIn, I have that extra level of rapport and value add going into that conversation. I love it. And if there's other guests that you're hunting down that you haven't gotten conversations with that I had on the show, we'll take that offline. Um, but happy to make the intro. And, you know, I think the of the three that is probably the least intimidating, the lowest barrier to entry, hopefully for reps is probably the LI post, LinkedIn post, um, so let's go there for people that are maybe a little skittish to send the text right now. They're not quite ready to do anything on Instagram, um, but they could start with LinkedIn might be a more comfortable platform for, uh, you know, for some folks. Sure. I was just chatting with one of our recent hires of the, the apprenticeship program landed with a company and she's actually creating her first ever LinkedIn video. And rather than being too pitchy on that video, she wanted to share the start to her career 
what she's been grateful for and the impact that she wants to make. And she's working on that sequence and consistency as well. She's never made a LinkedIn post before that pertains to her specific goal in mind, but you got to start somewhere. The one of the most popular posts that I have was something along the lines of, I made 96 cold calls today and booked my first meeting on my 96 call. Wow. Never give up, dot, dot, dot. And hundreds of people were liking that. I'm like, what are the odds, right? So, um, so thanks for asking. I appreciate it. Yeah, I think that, you know, starting to dip your toe in the water with posting on, you know, say LinkedIn to help kind of build that personal brand. It's a question I get a lot from, you know, people that are starting off their sales career. Why should I do it? How do you do it? I'm scared to do it. It's a waste of time, you know, all these different contents. But I think what you're really trying to do is help to build out you know, that reputation of yourself so that when you're reaching out to a prospect or a customer, just like you're going to look them up on LinkedIn, they're going to look you up on LinkedIn before a call. And you want to show as much, you know, professionalism. If you're younger in your career, um, you know, it helps to kind of show that you're ambitious, you're eager, uh, you're trying to learn the market that you're selling to, you're trying to understand your buyers, your prospects. So I think building all that out just helps to helps to kind of develop your presence there. And so um, yeah, I think you're a great example of anyone that's in the sales space that wants to break in all the content, whether it's the spotlight that you have, some of your posts, just a way to, you know, build credibility in a space that's, you know, really crowded and, and, you know, really just, there's, you know, tons of emails and calls flying around a way to stand out. Sure. Absolutely. Two of my idols, Kyle Coleman, who's already been on your podcast, mm more than an SDR, the reiteration of that. He does a great job with content creation. In addition to that, we all know Beck Holland, absolute legend. And she was the person <laughs> who worked alongside me and said, you know what? I want you to create this content strategy. I want to see you execute it, move it to fruition. I'll be there to cheer you along the way, but you essentially need to drive this through. And those people initially, you look at them as so intimidating and then you start to see the traction within your own profile. And one thing Kyle Coleman does really well is he has great representation of empowering females and women in sales. Mm. And out of the conversations that I had, one thing I really wanted to share with your audience is that so many women look at a job description and see that if they don't meet 80% of the criteria, I'm going to go ahead and not apply for that position. Mm. So if you're looking to increase the number of women candidates within your AE or SDR roles, I would highly recommend taking a look at those recs to see if they're reflective of being welcoming. I love that. I love that point. Um, shout out to Kyle. Shout out to Beck. I've reached out to Beck several times with no response about this podcast. So I have to take that offline as well. Um, but I think these are, you know, to kind of round things out. Uh, these are three great tips, uh, depending on where you are in your journey as either an SDR or an AE, uh, to get things going on LinkedIn, uh, to work on text with your customers and prospects, and even building out something on Instagram to continue to build out your presence and find creative ways to get in touch with people. Um, I loved chatting with you. Um, I got two more questions for you, and then we'll wrap this thing up. One is, I know that, you know, on the thought of posting on LinkedIn and kind of building out content, it looks like you consume a lot of content as well. You, you have some other podcasts that, and, and people that you mentioned in your bio on LinkedIn, you know, whether it's Ed Milet or, you know, Lewis Howes or, uh, you know, Beck Holland, some of these folks. So how do you um, balance, you know, what you consume and then what you create and not trying to go too heavy in either direction? Right. The balance of consumption is actually easy for me because as you're in between meetings and you're doing your emails and your cold call, you could have your Bluetooth hooked up to your headphones listening to a podcast. And then when you cold call through your specific software, it will interrupt that as you go. So I try to balance 
30 Minutes to President's Club, Millennial Sales Podcast, Ed Milet, as you mentioned, the School of Greatness. And then also as it relates to the content strategy that I have, I make an intention to post one candidate spotlight via video. It's very professional, very eloquent, at least once a week. And then as things are happening throughout the week, I create an intention of what I want that post to look like so that when I go to create something, it doesn't become a distraction to the execution of my daily practice. More so, I'm ready to go. It's almost like I have a meeting prepared and I'm putting that out into the world. And again, reiterating the emphasis of early on when you're requiring other people to engage to start to get that algorithm going, you might be spending a little bit more time. But once you got things rolling, the consistency and the activity should be super easy for you. I love it. I love it. Thanks for breaking that down. Penelope, um, any last thoughts that you have for any of the SCRs, AEs, sales leaders, anyone out there that's listening that, um, hey, we're all in the same boat, 2021. We're hoping it's a better year than last year. We're ready to uh, you know, hit our numbers. We're ready to find new customers. We're ready to take our career to the next level. Um, so any last tips for us here? Yes, uh, your words are powerful. Whether you say the words internally or externally or in friend groups outside of work, if you set an intention for what you want out there in the world, even if the goal seems unachievable, you have the ability to move that into action. You just have to believe it and let the words come out and it will meet you there. And then the other tip I would have is try for one hour per week to mentor somebody that does not expect you to reach out and offer your help to them, it will have such a profound impact, not only on your own personal goals in life, but also on the person on the other side. So thank you so much for creating an opportunity for me to connect with people who you also mentor. Absolutely. I mean, setting the intention to make it reality and, you know, pay it forward, you know, find someone that you can mentor, find someone that you can help. Again, no matter where you are in the journey, even if you're an SDR that just started, there's someone behind you in line that is graduating college or in college or in high school or wherever that is interested in a career like this that you can help. So I appreciate it. Penelope, you rocked it. Uh, I appreciate all of the uh, great tips here. Uh, for anyone that is listening, definitely go add Penelope on LinkedIn. I can check her out, Penelope Yamauchi. Hopefully I said that name correctly. Um, and, uh, and for everyone else, we'll be back with another episode uh, next week. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for checking out that podcast. I hope you saw value, uh, whether you're you know, working out right now or doing the dishes or uh, you know, laying around the couch, whatever you're doing right now while you're listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found some value. If you did, the only thing that you can do to really help me out is to share this podcast with a friend, share it on social media, and please subscribe wherever you're listening, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever it is, and leave a review on Apple if that's where you're listening. That, that's what helps us to spread reach, helps us to get better guests uh, like the one that you heard just now um, and to give you as much value as possible. So connect with me, uh, LinkedIn, Kamalemo, uh, yeah, Instagram, Twitter, Tommy Tahoe, and subscribe, leave a review and make it a great day. Peace. Thank you so much.